Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, happy hump day. I hope you're having a great reInvent, and by the time Wednesday got here, you're, you have enough energy to keep going for another couple days. My name is Wayne Dusso, and I am a GM at AWS, responsible for a number of functional areas, and the one uh, we're gonna talk about today, uh, we refer to as, as edge and hybrid services. So what we're going to talk about today is bringing AWS to you uh, through cloud hybrid storage and rugged edge uh, compute services. And I'm, I'm very happy to have this opportunity. Um, just a small side story. When I started at AWS, uh, I was uh, handed a service that was very nascent. It was only in the market for two months, uh, and it was called AWS Storage Gateway. Uh, and here we are now, some seven years later, uh, and um, I still have the honor of having uh, the gateway as part of my life every single day. And that's one of the services we're gonna talk about today. Uh, we're also gonna talk about Snowball Edge, which is our rugged uh, edge compute uh, device. And these, these services are used by uh, tens of thousands of customers actively every single day. So if you are currently engaging one of these services, thank you very much. Um, if you're thinking about engaging one of these services, um, you will follow uh, in good company uh, with all those folks that are doing it today. So my intention today um, is to ensure you leave here being familiar with Storage Gateway and with Snowball Edge, but mostly to be familiar with when to use these services. Right, so when do you employ Gateway, when do you employ Snowball Edge, and how do these fit into the larger context, which has been uh, you know, talked about uh, by Andy on the big stage and maybe others, I haven't been paying attention to every keynote, uh, but you know, we'll talk about that a little bit in a few minutes on how this fits into the continuum of deployment environments uh, for, for AWS. All righty, so why do we do this? Well, we do it for you. Um, everything we do every single day emanates uh, from something you did to inspire us, something you did to provide us with feedback, something you did to motivate us to produce solutions uh, and services that are gonna help you and your business and how you transform. Um, and in the fullness of time, we believe that the vast majority of workloads, applications and workloads will run in the cloud. However, as you've told us, and I revealed a few seconds ago that I've been working on some of this for a while, that not everything can run in the cloud. Whether you're on your migration journey and not everything can move now, or whether there are certain applications, certain workloads that work best either on-prem due to latency requirements or maybe data governance requirements, um, or they need to work in environments that are just disconnected. They're not even connected to the cloud yet, you wanna be able to develop the applications using AWS services or cloud technology, and you wanna be able to run them in these environments as if they were running in the cloud. So my goal today is to have you understand what AWS can do for your business using our hybrid storage and our rugged edge services. So I, I would like you to walk away from today, if nothing else, um, than understanding a few of these takeaways and then taking these and going into some of the other sessions we have that go much deeper uh, into the services and technology uh, than I will in this, in this overview session. 
So what are the range of edge computing and on-prem storage services that we have today? How can you use Storage Gateway to solve your on-prem storage uh, challenges that you may have? Um, most important to me uh, is having people like yourself, customers, come up on stage and tell you how they're using these services to solve their business problems. So we have Bristol Myers Squibb coming up, uh, and we also have um, uh, our own disaster response team coming up to tell you about how they use Snowball uh, in disaster response situations, which quite frankly is an incredibly inspiring set of stories. Um, and I would like to, we'd like you to understand how to use Snowball Edge uh, in your environments. And then I'd like to just do a quick overview of some of the things uh, that we've launched over the course of 2019, or since we were here last year at reInvent. So, um, you know, every hour of every day of every year since I've been here at AWS has been a partnership with folks like yourself. Um, you inspire ideas. Uh, you provide us with invaluable feedback uh, when some of our, our ideas may not have gone exactly the way we expected them to. Uh, and I want to thank you for partnering with us. Um, I want you to understand that it's valued and never taken for granted. So what we have here up on the screen is just a small sampling of customers that use AWS storage services. And they, you know, they cover a vast range of industries and size of companies, government agencies, and so on. And here at reInvent, you, know, you get to hear firsthand uh, from people who are up on the screen. Maybe you're up on the screen. Um, and today we're gonna have an opportunity to do that, as I mentioned a minute ago. So yesterday in the State of the Union uh, session with Kevin Miller, uh, Kevin introduced something we've been talking about uh, within AWS for a little bit of time, and that's he introduced three main motivators uh, for why customers use AWS. And so we put this into a, a thought framework, which is, you know, what does your transformation journey look like? Uh, often people start out by transforming their IT infrastructure. You know, they figure out how to move from on-prem into cloud. They figure out how to take their on-prem, say, storage capabilities, move them into AWS and use something like AWS Storage Gateway to refresh their IT infrastructure. Once the infrastructure has been changed, has been uh, made more efficient, uh, easier, simpler, more cost-effective. The next thing we see customers doing is they start looking at their application architectures, and they start asking themselves questions like, how do I use containers? Can I really use serverless? That seems so much simpler. Um, and they start going through this process. So this is sort of the second phase. And then once that agility has sort of gotten into your blood, um, then we start seeing customers really start thinking about how they transform their business uh, with, with capabilities from AWS, whether in the cloud, on-prem, or at the edge. And this is some of the most exciting stuff we see every single day. Love talking to you guys about how you're transforming your business and doing more for your customers. So today, more and more applications are moving uh, to the cloud, but not all of them can and not all of them will. Um, some applications will remain on-premise, for, for at least for now. Uh, and AWS has a range of services to accommodate uh, these, these various um, needs. Uh, we often refer to the, the applications that reside on-prem as, as hybrid. 
Um, that term is used in a number of ways, but it's a reasonable handle to, to use in conversation. And we also see a whole new set of workloads requiring increased capabilities on the edge. And that edge is being defined each and every day. Sometimes that edge is even a fully disconnected edge where there is no network, but yet you want to use the same services and programming models that you use on AWS today. And what we've heard more than anything from customers is please make it consistent. You know, we don't want to, you don't want to, have to write applications that run differently in a region as you would on-prem or at the edge. That's very important to us as well. So to meet the edge and on-prem needs, AWS has built a whole series of services over the last you know, handful of years uh, to meet various needs. You know, starting on the left-hand side, we have a whole series of um, IoT, or Internet of Things, services that we've been building over the last couple of years. Everything from uh, having uh, free uh, RTOS uh, uh, able to run on your um, very small devices or chips uh, that securely connect the you know, millions and billions of IoT devices uh, to uh, other IoT services and to AWS without you having to, as developers, worry about uh, how you build in security, how you build in connectivity. Um, uh, AWS Greengrass uh, provides uh, Lambda and container uh, capability at the edge for those IoT devices to be able to communicate to us. So as they're streaming or passing byte streams into uh, gateways, if you would, at the edge, Greengrass has the ability to do some processing on that, whether using Lambda or containers, and either pass that data to the region or provide input back to the device. Now moving a little bit further in, often where we'll find green grass running in a disconnected environment is our snow family, or as we'll talk about today, our snowball edge um, uh, service. And we'll talk in depth on that, so I won't go into um, a lot here, but snowball edge it will provide a ruggedized uh, edge computing capability that's really well suited for data collection, data processing, and if you want, data movement into AWS. So we see a lot of folks collecting data, processing it, making decisions in the field, and then at some point moving that data into AWS for larger analytic applications. Our storage gateway family has been in market for seven years, uh, and it is um, a primary service that we see customers engaging AWS with every single year. Um, it is used for, uh, usually starts with saying, well, I want to run my, I want to store my backups uh, on AWS. And then that moves into, well, maybe I don't need as much primary storage uh, on my, in, in my environment, and I can start using Gateway uh, through NFS, SMB, iSCSI, some, one of those protocols to be able to have my storage on AWS, but my processing locally uh, on-prem. On um, and in, in, as we saw this week uh, with, uh, with Andy's talk, uh, we have launched AWS Outposts, which is uh, a, if you would, set of servers, set of uh, AWS hardware that lives in your on-prem environments connected back to AWS, and it looks exactly like, because it is exactly like, EC2 hardware, um, AWS storage, living in your data centers in order to address latency concerns you might have, 
or data residency concerns you might have. So these are the sort of the, the, the range of edge capabilities uh, that we are presenting this week uh, and available to you. And uh, we're gonna jump into that right now. So across a continuum of deployment environments, we have a range of services. And you know, towards the left-hand side of this uh, you know, easy-going graph here, uh, we really are looking at services that have tremendous scale, region-level scale, uh, and all of the capabilities that AWS uh, brings to bear. And as we move closer to the right-hand side, we still have those same AWS capabilities, but in, in some limited, constrained form, just based on the physics of the devices. But our intention is to make sure that that continuum of capability is the same and that we're meeting you where we, you need us to be. So when we look at the, the range of capabilities, we you know, traditionally think about AWS regions. This week uh, on stage, Andy announced AWS local zones, which if you, you could look at as an, uh, an AZ, uh, an availability zone, that's not directly uh, you know, near one of our regions, but slightly uh, further out than one of our normal availability zones. And we do this in order to bring AWS services as close to your on-prem environment as we can to lower the latencies. And this is really useful in areas such as, um, say, rendering. If you're in uh, LA and you're in Hollywood and you're a movie studio and you want to be able to render on AWS, but you need that latency to be a lot closer. Uh, we talked about AWS, the AWS Outposts and, and what we intend for that service. Snow, uh, AWS uh, Storage Gateway and Snowball we're gonna talk about, and IoT services uh, we just touched upon a minute ago. So today we're gonna talk about AWS Storage Gateway and AWS Snowball Edge. So let's, let's double back uh, on, on this notion of uh, transformation and look at ways we can use AWS Storage Gateway in your on-prem facilities uh, in your data centers, in your branch offices. So if you're not familiar with uh, AWS Storage Gateway, think of it as a bridge. And this is a lovely bridge. It just so happens to be literally outside my back door in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, it's called the Zakem Bridge. And it was a $10 billion project that if you're a US citizen, you help pay for it. So thank you very much. It was only supposed to be $2 billion, so that's a whole other story. So um, Storage Gateway seamlessly bridges on-prem applications to AWS storage services. Um, whether you have file, block, tape, file, uh, AWS uh, Storage Gateway has the ability to take those abstractions, present them on-prem to your applications, and they're all backed by AWS storage services. And we're gonna have um, a customer come up a little bit later on um, and talk about how they use AWS Storage Gateway in, in their business. So the primary ways customers use this service to transform their applications, their infrastructure, their business, it's generally in three categories. The first one is you can move your on-prem backup workloads to AWS using the gateway. And that can be done, done either over file, uh, it can be done with block, it can be done with iSCSI uh, um, virtual tape. Um, the second thing is folks often will look at their sprawling set of storage uh, servers or arrays on-prem 
And they start to think about how they can move that into the cloud. And they will look at Storage Gateway as a means of presenting either NFS or SMB file shares uh, to, uh, to their applications. And lastly, and this is a really exciting one because this came directly from you. We did not create this uh, idea ourselves. It was really out of many conversations with customers. And that's customers are building these data lakes in AWS, but they want to be able to take that content and, and, and process it, do some interesting things, and then distribute it out uh, to branch offices and remote locations. And AWS Storage Gateway is an amazing service to be able to build um, those solutions. So why would you use AWS Storage Gateway for backup? To reduce your infrastructure costs, to eliminate the need to perform backup on-prem. Um, this, this is a use case that customers have been using for the seven years of service has been in existence, and it is an increasingly accelerating rate at which um, the service is used uh, each and every day. And customers such as Analog Devices and Kellogg's have moved their on-prem tape, file, and database backups to AWS Cloud using the storage gateway. Um, and uh, they have done that at great scale. Now, you know, whether you are you know, looking to maintain the same processes, the same software, uh, the same education of your staff, uh, whether you're looking to reduce you know, your infrastructure, the complexity, maybe just the risk of keeping on-prem backups in your location. And by moving your data onto AWS, you actually get a lot of the benefits uh, that you would expect, including uh, things like more security, greater availability, and quite frankly, vastly unlimited amounts of storage. So to solve your primary storage sprawl problems uh, that some of you may have, uh, customers are all uh, often employing uh, the gateway in as a replacement for uh, primary storage using either NFS or SMB shares. And in this particular configuration, it's super simple. You establish uh, a gateway in your environment, you expose uh, NFS or SMB uh, endpoints to your applications, and then all of that uh, uh, data is uh, uh, stored uh, reliably in S3, and there it, a very a large local cache that lives in the gateway uh, to provide your applications with local access speeds. So with this solution, same protocols you've always been using, your applications don't need to change, your user experience stays exactly the same. Much like the previous use case, you get to reduce your infrastructure, you get to reduce your cost and complexity, and your management efforts become much simpler as well because you're not managing that sprawl of, of devices. And because of this, you can appreciate more scale, you can appreciate simpler management, and it's a tremendous uh, solution uh, for that particular problem. And this is what I mentioned a minute ago around enabling shared data sets anywhere in the world based on having a centralized data lake the ability to ingest data into that data lake, the ability to process that data in a centralized fashion using Lambda or analytics, machine learning, um, any number of capabilities we have uh, in, in AWS or applications that you would write yourself, and then being able to have that data automatically be populated around the globe, around the country, 
into local offices, in their gateways, in their caches, and your users have no idea that the vast amount of data that they're accessing is not local. So this is a, this is a really interesting use case, and, and we see groups uh, like CME, uh, which are known for uh, Chicago Mer Mercantile Exchange, use a centralized data lake uh, where they process all their data, and then they use the storage gateways to move all this information out to their branch offices. And again, much, much like the other two use cases, um, this use case gives you, you know, the ability to scale. Uh, you get a consistent use of your data lakes, consistent management and governance of your data, even though you're distributed to remote areas, and a lot of the benefits for the infrastructure that we talked about a few minutes ago. So with that, we've reviewed a little bit about what Storage Gateway can do. Um, I'd like to um, uh, bring somebody up on stage here in a second. Um, uh, Bristol Myers Squibb is a leader in biopharmaceuticals whose mission is to discover, develop, and deliver medicines in areas covering cancer, and their work uh, in drug discovery has helped save millions of lives. And um, to tell you more about this um, uh, and what BMS is doing to transform their research and computing results, uh, for all of us, frankly, uh, let's welcome BMS's Director of Research Computing, um, Harman Sheikh. Thank you so much. Good afternoon. So today I am going to talk a little bit about uh, our hybrid uh, cloud experience and the role uh, AWS Gateway, Storage Gateway plays. Um, a little bit about ourselves. We discover, develop, and deliver uh, innovative medicines to our patients. We offer drugs in oncology, immunosciences, and fibrosis. So for, for us, um, uh, it's all about data. Um, data is growing at exponential rate in our labs and also in clinical settings. Uh, just over three years, we were talking about 100 terabytes a year to tens of petabytes a year. Right? So growth rate is exponential and it can, keeps growing. So, so what drives uh, this huge uh, growth in the data set? So next-gen sequencing is, uh, you know, sequencing of your DNA, RNA, right? And uh, the price of sequencing the gene uh, exponentially fell down over the last 10 years, right? Which drove the use of sequencing a lot more and is now a central piece of how uh, scientific biological uh, data is understood scientific insights are, are, are uh, understood, and it helps in, in uh, innovating and discovering new drugs. So um, we have uh, um, many, many different uh, scientific data sets today in our hybrid cloud environment. The list keeps growing. Um, just on a, on a technical note, um, raw data generated from the labs need to get to cloud for processing and analytics. Right, and that is uh, the function of uh, storage gateway in our hybrid cloud workflow. Right? Uh, we have been using virtual uh, uh, storage gateways for a few years now, um, but the advent of uh, the hardware appliance, storage appliance last year, uh, since we have been complementing our uh, different ways that we get the data to the cloud. Um, Scratch space is, is uh, 
is a storage area in, in EC2 with high IOPS. Um, results data is, of course, shared internally and externally, so we use EFS. Um, and there's a vast amount of uh, external data that gets combined um, to, to get more insights. So why is the data uh, uh, you know, complex? The data is complex because it is uh, high velocity and high volume. Petabyte scale uh, needs different uh, services, different cap uh, technologies to handle it, right? Um, and uh, on a technical side, there is also a limitation. Instruments are only NFS compliant, so we only have POSIX metadata. But when it reaches cloud, we keep it on object storage, we keep it on S3. S3 is our foundation for our data lakes as well as our processing, right? So we have to enrich the data. When we capture the data, we can only capture POSIX metadata, and scientific data, business data is kept in databases. When it reaches cloud, we need to enrich it before we analyze. So um, what is a complete solution? Um, on a hybrid uh, cloud, it's not just moving the data. When, once we get there, there are uh, many, many hundreds of uh, EC2 instances in burst computing mode that analyze the data. Uh, the data is uh, kept in uh, catalogs, technical data, and uh, domain-specific business data sets. Uh, graph databases are used to derive relationships between the data sets. And then it ends up in our data lake. So um, there is new to us is also uh, machine learning and deep learning. Since last two years, we have been increasingly deploying our, our machine learning to our data sets to understand it. Uh, flow cytometry, if you are from life sciences, you are familiar with this. Uh, genomics data sets, flow cytometric data sets, and image management is very unique to our industry um, and requires um, some custom algorithms. So let me dwell a little bit on the, um, the, the pipeline and the, uh, the use of uh, gateways for us, right? Instrument data uh, captured on NAS devices need to be sent to the cloud. And uh, there are several uh, ways we do it. Our legacy data is moved using Snowball, right? Um, and uh, our newly created data goes through our uh, file gateways. Uh, prior, uh, we have also used SFTPs to, to move the data. We also use data sync. Uh, to, so there are several different AWS services that we use to move the data over uh, direct connect. Right? Once it ends it in S3 uh, buckets, it needs to be cataloged, indexed, right? and then uh, analyzed using analytical tools. Uh, depending on what type of data it is. Right. Many a times for image data sets, they need to be converted. So there are double copies, raw data copies, and, and converted data copies. Right. So, so for example, um, radiology data is DICOM images. High content screening is very specific images. Now they need to be converted to standard TIFF or JPEG format to be analyzed and stitched together for, for viewing. Right, so very specific to life sciences, but not unique, right? Uh, so uh, how do we actually use, why use AWS Gateway Appliance, right? So um, and there are three uh, core uh, uh, 
reasons why we, we use the gateway appliance, right? Um, the onboard cache is extremely important for us because it creates asynchronicity between our lab workflows and the data transfer to cloud. Very, very important, right? Um, the gateway uh, also does conversion from NFS to S3 automatically for us. A lot of services AWS build for us, so we don't have to do that. For example, compression of the data, uh, encryption of the data, so uh, we can safely move our data over uh, you know, the wire and kept, uh, keep it encrypted on S3 as well. Right, so that's the second. And the third very important thing is once the data is moved, there are uh, some instances where we actually have on-prem applications looking at this data. So it's very important to have uh, AWS Gateway and serves the function. We use it in, in the file mode, not the volume or block mode. Um, so getting into S3 uh, is, is uh, after the, uh, uh, and to prepare it for downstream um, processing, there are many things which are essential to, for, to give a complete hybrid solution, right? Um, as, uh, with a, with this, uh, you know, data transfer to S3, the role of um, uh, gateway is only when uh, on-prem applications need to look at it, right? But there's a lot of processing done downstream. Um, the uh, business data is kept in business uh, metadata catalogs. We use graph databases to, to uh, you know, do relationships. And depending on the type of the data, we use, for example, genomics would use ontologies to understand the data related. Uh, image data sets need proprietary analysis tools, right? So de depending on the type and domain, we use different technologies, right? Um, and then it ends up in the data lake. That's where it is exposed to visualization tools, um, understanding the data, queries, and analysis of the data as well. So that looks like that's, um, yeah, and, and special to image uh, management is the image transformation, right? Um, uh, many or all of our image applications go through this uh, process of conversion, right? Um, and uh, many of the radiology, histology images need to be stitched back for viewing, right? Um, so many different uh, serverless uh, services we use to do that as well. Right, so it is not just the gateway, but uh, many, many services, AWS services that we use to provide a complete hybrid solution. So that is our journey of hybrid solution, uh, hybrid cloud, and use of AWS gateway appliance today. Thank you. Thank you. So it's pretty exciting to me, and I'm, you know, I, I know I'm kind of a nerd or a geek, but it's pretty exciting to me to watch how uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb has gone from an on-prem, uh, you know, uh, high-performance computing environment for what they're doing, frankly, for, for all of us, and have built this really effective uh, hybrid workflow uh, using Snowball to get large bulk data up onto AWS, and then employing Storage Gateway uh, to, uh, for, their, for their continuous workflow. So thank you, Mohammed and team, for everything that you do. 
Um, so um, now I want to just touch upon some of the use cases for uh, Snowball Edge uh, before we ask Maggie to come up on stage and talk to you about how her team is using it in the field. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Snowball Edge, a brief history, that perhaps, in, perhaps in order. Snowball started off as a bulk data migration device or bulk um, uh, data migration service. And many people, perhaps folks in this room, kind of look at Snowball as being that. But over the years, um, we've evolved Snowball not just to do that. It still does that and does it very well, uh, as we just saw in Mohammed's uh, um, presentation but we've evolved it to be an edge computing device. So the, the three things that we intend for it to do is to be amazing at collecting data uh, in the field, um, amazing at being able to uh, add value to that data, to process that data um, on device, uh, whether using our uh, Snowball Edge uh, storage optimized or our compute optimized version, which has uh, a GPU capability in, uh, within it. Um, and then be able to uh, take that data and then move it up into AWS, or uh, in, in the cases we'll see with, when Maggie comes up, the ability to make decisions on that data in the field, right? And to do all of this on services that look like are compatible with the services that you use in region. Uh, EC2 compatible compute, S3 compatible object, EBS compatible block the building blocks by which many of you build your applications today. And you know, as we move forward, uh, we'll see even more of that happen uh, on the edge. So uh, when, when we look at uh, Snowball Edge, we really do look at how are we going to bring AWS capabilities to where you need them to be, you know, to your factory floor, uh, to your hospital, into healthcare environments. Uh, we often talk about the tactical edge, which is really for, for, our, for our DOD customers. The ability to put these things on ships, in planes, uh, on vehicles that are moving you know, through the field, and be able to develop that software on AWS, vend it onto a snowball, and put it into one of these environments. And these environments may be connected, they may be intermittently connected, right? Collect a tremendous amount of intelligence and data, and then be able to take that and ship it back when another one is coming in, to be able to do something really intelligent with that data or, or to be able to mine that data for additional value. We also see this being used in a content production world. So uh, you know, our, the, the folks in the media and entertainment space, they are a creative bunch. Uh, and they know how to really push technology to the edge. And we're going to see in a use case that's coming up right now, Netflix uh, and what they do with the folks that produce for them. You know, we all binge on Netflix, and we think about Netflix as a producer, but the reality is that they have a lot of folks that produce for them. And so what Netflix has done is they've built a workflow that allows them to vend snowballs to production companies. Those production companies then run, you know, they do whatever production companies do. They, you know, make wonderful movies that we all like, but they take that data and they, they load it onto a snowball. That snowball is then, you know, shipped, because. Uh, snowballs uh, have a little e-ink label on them, and we uh, download the address of where they're supposed to go, and then a new address gets popped in there where they need to go back to. So the data just gets loaded onto that thing. They just throw it at the UPS guy, and that just makes its way back to wherever Netflix needs it to be so that they can do all the post-production work, 
turn that into content and allow each and every one of us to eat an entire pint of gelato uh, while we're sitting there binging on some you know, recent uh, show that they've done. I've, I've never done that, but I've heard some of us have. So um, you know, this is really a, a data collection workflow. And it really helps because you know, if you have partners that you're trying to get data from, it simplifies their world, the logistics, the capability of being able to ship a snowball, ship it back without you having to be involved, and it gets to the right place. Right? That really simplifies logistics. It really simplifies the workflows. Right? It reduces the complexity of what you have to do. It really does reduce the risk. You know, prior to what Netflix was doing is they were taking a bunch of USB drives. And they were dumping content on them, and they kind of load them into a box and put some peanuts in there and ship them back. Right? Um, that's harder. It's a lot harder. So we were able to automate this. We're able to make it simpler. And Snowball's Snowball Edge is a, not only a hardened device, but it's a highly secure device. It has physical security. It has multiple layers of logical security. So when you're putting your data on this and shipping it through uh, UPS or FedEx or, or the post office, you don't have to worry about your data, you don't have to worry about the device. So I mentioned a little, you know, a, a few times in this presentation about the ability to do real-time decision-making in the field. And, and this is really what Maggie's gonna come up and talk to us about. And in, in, in this particular example, uh, use case, uh, you can take advantage of EC2 uh, compatible compute, you can take advantage of EBS-compatible block storage and S3-compatible object storage. You can, if you would, build your application on the cloud, then vend it to a snowball. We often refer to this as digital twinning, uh, where you can do a lot of your DevOps work uh, in the cloud, and then you can bring that into the field without having to worry. And this is really what is inspiring about what Maggie's going to talk about, is that when you get into a situation where you need the stuff to work, you can't have an IT guy go rolling out into the middle of nowhere and try to get the IT equipment set up. You have to ship the box there, it needs to land, you plug it into the wall, and it just starts working. Um, and so um, in this particular uh, environment, we're really capturing all three of the capabilities that are fundamental to Snowball Edge, which is we need to collect the data, we need to run some sort of analytics on it, we need to make some decisions on the data. Right? If this isn't a forward operating base, Right? and you're running these devices at a forward operating base, you don't want all your data to have to get all the way back to some central location for somebody to make some strategic call or tactical call so that you can do something. You want to be able to make that decision right there. Snowball Edge is used for this use case every single day. And then once the snowball is full, you ship it back, you take all of this, you put it in your data lake, and you run analytics on it to understand what happened and how we can be better next time. Tremendous use case. So it's faster. It's faster for dead tests. It's faster for analysis. It's faster to get your results in the field. You greatly reduced the complexity. You, you, you don't have a ton of hardware. You get your storage networking and compute all in one ruggedized case. Right? It really does reduce your setup time, and it reduces your liabilities. Right? It's more mobile. It's more secure. It's a tremendous solution. So many. Uh, of our uh, AWS government, non-governmental agencies um, have come to us over the years, and they have asked us, how do you help us bring the power of AWS into the field? Um, and how do, we, how do you help us make these real-time decisions? Um, very recently, our AWS disaster response team has helped accelerate outcomes and responses to things like this year's hurricanes 
uh, in the Bahamas using Snowball Edge. Uh, and both using in-cloud capabilities uh, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, if you would, uh, scale, and the ability to use Snowball Edge uh, on site uh, to, to implement some of the capabilities was a really tremendous and powerful solution. So I'm super proud uh, and excited uh, to welcome to the stage the global leader of AWS's disaster recovery, uh, disaster response program, to tell you about um, really their inspiring work. So I'd like to welcome Maggie to the stage. Thank you, Wayne. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. This is my first reInvent, um, and I'm excited to be here with all of you today. So the AWS Disaster Response Program launched publicly in 2018. It, it's a service designed to help improve government and nonprofits' response efforts around disasters, really focusing on helping them to better prepare respond and focus on recovery efforts, shortening the time frame that it takes to do those things by leveraging AWS services and partner technology. So how do we do this? Why do we do this, et cetera? So we do deploy technical experts, our AWS disaster response action team, as volunteers to post disaster scenarios that help enable customers utilization of AWS services like the Snowball Edge for their response efforts, to provide direct, on-the-ground support to customers in these efforts. To date, we have supported more than 20 disasters, and we've leveraged more than 4,500 volunteer hours in support of our customers in their disaster and humanitarian response efforts. So preparedness and data protection is key, and working we've, we're working with our customers to establish playbooks to deploy staff and technology solutions in times of need. We're investing in the build-out and deployment of those services for disasters that have broader applicability as well. And we're also documenting these solutions to help enable other customers to deploy those solutions for their use cases. And then the program is philanthropic in nature. The program, we provide disaster response credits and other resources like our employees as experts to support organizations responding to disasters. So when do we support customers? It depends on the, the response level that's required. It depends on the severity of the disaster and the unique use case. How, how can we help support our customer working backwards from their need? So our technical experts, our DRT, um, what we do is we provision Snowball Edge with critical data and software stacks that will allow the customer to run workloads at the edge. DRT delivers the hardware to the customer at the disaster site and implements the infrastructure based on the customer need. To prepare for disasters, the AWS DRT conducts field simulation exercises with customers to ensure the technology works when it's needed most. We've done this in the continental US, in Peru, and also in the Caribbean. So here are some of our field simulations and exercises that we've done. So again, working backwards from the customer need. In St. Kitts, uh, Caribbean island in the Atlantic, um, we worked with them on a resilience, resiliency plan. So they, we worked for their, with their Department of Technology. They identified you know, what were critical workloads and 
data that they would need to access um, during hurricane season, should their connectivity um, be wiped out during a catastrophic storm or floods. And so they identified the Department of Justice and their data and workloads and their hospital and healthcare systems were critical data and workloads that they would need the most if they lost connectivity in, in times of a disaster. So we worked with them um, to architect a solution on two Snowball Edge devices for those departments to use. And they have it on site from June through November for hurricane season um, in times, just in case a disaster strikes. In Peru, specifically, we worked with the Peruvian Air Force, We Robotics, Esri, and Drone Deploy. So in, that, in Peru, we went to um, along the Amazon border where they were taking aerial imagery from a drone. And this was a field test. And so this laid the, the foundation for um, our actual use case in the Bahamas that I'll talk about later. Um, but here, the customer wanted to be able to collect, process, and analyze the aerial imagery uh, at the edge in a low connectivity or no connectivity environment. And so they were able to do this um, in Peru, and like I said, that laid the foundation for other customers in additional use cases, and I'll talk about Bahamas in a second. And then recently, um, we collaborated with Verizon and um, APN partner Noveta at Verizon's Operation Conversion Response. And there, what we were able to do um, was to deploy their solution, Noveta's solution, Aegean, on a snowball edge. And we had um, IoT devices, we were tracking kind of uh, staff and their vehicles in a real disaster simulation to, to test and showcase the power of the Aegean solution running on the snowball edge. So those field tests um, also, we use those to train our DRT for future deployments post-disaster. So here with the USGS, this was the first time that we've deployed a snowball edge um, after a disaster in a disaster scenario. So in 2018, following her, um, Hawaii, their uh, Kilauea volcano, um, the US Geological Survey their facility hosted about 40 years of data on-prem, and their facility was in the path of the lava. And so it was within, I think it was under two miles of the facility, and they reached out to us um, with uh, an urgent request. They needed us to help them move that on-prem data into the cloud. So within 24 hours, we got them the Snowball Edge device. They they um, shifted that data onto the device and into the cloud. So that's one of the use cases that uh, Wayne talked about. That's the, the storage use case um, for where we use the Snowball Edge for transfer specifically. Most recently, with help.ngo. So the, the mission of help.ngo is to fill the void that exists between the time of a disaster occurrence and that of the traditional response effort. They are an all-volunteer team that utilizes Special Forces' small unit leadership model and responds within the first 24 to 48 hours of a disaster. 
Their volunteers provide medical assistance, communications access, search and rescue capabilities, and overall coordination response. Help.NGO's Disaster Immediate Response Team, or DIRT, is able to insert into a disaster or post-disaster situation with key equipment, knowledge, and thus limiting the loss of property and resources and life. So when Hurricane Dorian, a Category 5 hurricane, hit the Bahamas in early September of this year, 2019, Help.NGO was engaged to fly drones and collect imagery to assist with humanitarian response efforts. Specifically, they were focusing on Grand Bahama Island, Abaco, and then the outer lying keys that were most impacted by the disasters. Everything east of, uh, around Marsh Harbor and east on Grand Bahamas Island um, was impacted. They had no connectivity or limited connectivity. Abaco was wiped their connectivity, um, and as well as the outer keys. So the AWS Disaster Response Program and our Disaster Response Action Team volunteers, we deployed in support of help.ngo to the Bahamas. We provided two Snowball Edge devices to help process aerial imagery of the damaged areas, which increased efficiency in assessing impact. The AWS Disaster Response Action Team member spent more than a week on the ground with help.ngo running initial imagery processing tasks and training staff in the field on deploying the Snowball Edge device with the solutions. This helped help.ngo to rapidly streamline and distribute high resolution images of the impact on the most affected islands. And you can see what they were able to do in the image on the right. So based on the input from help.ngo, a Snowball Edge compute optimized device was provisioned with image processing software. In addition, they used a laptop with file management tool to streamline imagery file transfer from drone SD cards to the S3 on the Snowball Edge, as well as a geospatial Im image viewer. After arriving in the Bahamas, the AWS Disaster Response Action Team member worked with help.ngo to process the imagery collected using a drone. The drone imagery was recorded in GeoTIFF format as large images with multiple layers. The drones collected nearly 100 gigabytes of geocoded imagery every few days from highly affected areas like Abaco, Marsh Harbor, and the, Harbor and the Outer Keys. The imagery files were pulled from the drone SD cards and put onto the Snowball Edge. After transferring the images, imagery software was used to process and create a continuous map. The processing was extremely compute intensive. Some of the areas where imagery was collected was over 1,000 tiles at both medium and high resolution. The AWS DRT and help.ngo ran the drone imagery processing pipeline. The team recognized that with the power, compute power, the compute optimized uh, Snowball Edge, the images could be processed much faster by paralyzing the tasks. The Snowball Edge and imagery processing pipeline, oh, I'm sorry, so we have documented that solution, and it's now posted on a blog. It's a more technical uh, blog post for your reference. So in our customers' words, 
With the ADS Disaster Response Team and Snowball Edge, we were able to gather, understand, and distribute drone imagery faster in the Bahamas. Having AWS at the edge enables us to process data rapidly on site and quickly give mission critical information to humanitarian decision makers. The Snowball Edge brought cloud to the edge for their efforts, allowing real-time data processing and the rapid provision of mission critical data to humanitarian decision makers. With AWS, customers can focus on mission critical functions and transform their overall disaster response and resiliency efforts. Services like the Snowball Edge enable customers to collect and analyze data more rapidly and respond more quickly. Thank you. Home stretch. So uh, when I look at the, the solutions that Maggie and her team are putting together, um, the, the, amount, the number of ideas that run through my head, uh, uh, I can barely manage them, but if you think about the amount of data that they're collecting, uh, the, the, the situational data that they're collecting, their ability to bring that back onto, uh, in region or onto the, onto the cloud, perform simulations, uh, understand what could be done better next time. What are the potential uh, that, that we have for accelerating um, you know, betterment or, re or results in these areas. Um, I, f I just find it uh, fascinating, and I'm, I'm looking forward to everything uh, Maggie and her team uh, will be doing over the next uh, uh, couple of years. Um, so I, I hope that these examples demonstrated Snowball Edge and, and Storage Gateway Family Services uh, to you and, and provide you with some ideas on how you can use them to build your own on-prem and uh, edge uh, solutions uh, using, using these services. And um, it's been a really busy year uh, for these teams. Uh, they've been uh, launching and releasing uh, new capabilities as the year goes on. Um, and we anticipate, frankly, given where this space is going for 2020, to be even more uh, of, a, of a busy year for us. Now, um, a lot of these uh, capabilities that we launched will be discussed in other sessions throughout uh, the next couple of days. And I, I, I recommend that you go to those sessions to dig deep into some of these. Uh, but for instance, Snowball Edge has increased uh, its EBS capacity to 10 uh, uh, terabytes uh, on the edge. Uh, we've also enabled the ability to uh, update the device's software uh, over the air so that uh, software can be upgraded in these uh, remote locations when the device uh, is connected. File gateway, volume gateway, tape gateway have done a tremendous uh, number of launches throughout the year, uh, covering everything from uh, you know, higher performance, greater capacity, um, integrations with deeper into uh, storage services such as, such as S3. The tape gateway uh, uh, was launched with uh, Glacier Deep Archive uh, on day of launch, uh, which results in the lowest cost uh, if you would, virtual tape storage uh, in, the, in the market today for cloud at roughly a dollar terabyte uh, per month, which is a tremendous, tremendous value. So these, these services have been working really hard, taking uh, the, the input and inspiration from you all uh, in producing these capabilities, and I expect next year to be even uh, more interesting. Uh, these are some of the services, uh, if you, uh, some of the sessions, excuse me, if you'd like to attend, some of the ones that have already been held uh, we have the YouTube link there, so you can go watch them at your leisure. Uh, and when we started this, I said, I wanted you to take away some thoughts 
uh, before you, you exited to your next session uh, to, or to the rest of your day. And, and those are the range of edge and on-prem storage solutions we have for you, how you can use Storage Gateway and your on-prem storage challenges, how you can use Snowball to bring AWS to wherever you are. Right? And I hope that the, the stories uh, from Bristol-Myers Squibb and our disaster response team around how to use uh, gateway and hybrid environments and snowball and disconnected edge environments uh, was inspiring to you. So before you leave, um, I have two more minutes. I'm going to take only one. I'm only going to take one minute. Oh, you want to do questions? I want to I I I call to action, though. Uh, before you guys uh, leave Vegas or maybe when you get home, um, I'd like to ask each and every one of you to think about the stuff we talked about today, whether it's a new feature that we launched or maybe just you know, you're familiar now with the services. And, and apply those services to a problem that you have. Uh, and to get back to us, and feel free to email me, it's wduso at amazon.com, and tell me about what you're doing uh, with these services, or tell me about some of the challenges you're having using the services. I'd really like to hear back from you, uh, because at the end of the day, that's why we're here. We're here not to talk to you, even though we stand on stage and do that. Uh, we're really here uh, to listen to what you have to say, and I'd like that to be a continuous process throughout the year. So with that, um, if you have any questions, I'll stay up on stage. If you don't, I'll take questions in the room or outside the room. Thank you very much. <laughs>